0: Welcome to Always Searching, the podcast challenging conventional wisdom about health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Lynn Mark. I'm delighted that you're here. Hi, I'm Dr. Sarah Lynn Mark, host of Mark My Words, part of Always Searching. And this is my first show today. And it's one that really is close to my heart, and that is one that focuses on the issue of masks and COVID. So if you could talk about a more controversial issue, let me know, because this one has polarized our nation, actually polarized the world, and it's so unfortunate because I see masks as just a simple medical device. Maybe because I am a doctor, I've been putting masks on and off for decades, And I just see it as an opportunity to protect myself and sometimes to protect others. I think what's been interesting for me is to watch the evolution of this debate. Early on in the pandemic, back in February, March of 2020, we were told, please don't put masks on. Part of the reason was because we were short on masks. Then we were told to fold our t-shirts, which I think I actually did, and bandanas. And then we were told, well, that doesn't really work very well for you. And we moved towards cloth masks, and everyone went towards their designer cloth masks to what was really attractive and became part of the, the outfit. So if you had a sparkly outfit, you had a sparkly mask, or if you're wearing plaid, you had a plaid mask. We made it really part of our attire. It reflected who we were. Then children were encouraged to wear masks, which I think actually many of them, in some ways, enjoyed because they got to wear masks for Halloween and these masks were made fun and enjoyable. And then we even went to trying to personalize it, where we put our pets on it, and we tried to find funny themes, and really tried to fit the mask into our lifestyle. But while doing that, we ironically were protecting our lives. It was fascinating. In the first year or so of the pandemic, flu rates dropped dramatically. We barely saw it. Many people I knew said we they never even had a cold. I knew I never did, and that's from somebody who would have several a year. And then we migrated more towards, if you get a vaccine, you're protected, you can take your mask off. So in a sense, masking became a reward that if you got a vaccine, you got to take your mask off. And if you didn't get a vaccine, keep your mask on. So it became almost like a penalty shot, which I think is so unfortunate. I remember going down to Southern Virginia for my birthday last year. And we had gotten a camper at the start of the pandemic to be able to get out, to socially distance, to enjoy nature. And we were heading down to Southern Virginia for my birthday. And I remember, you know, having my mask around my neck. I, was, I always carried it on a chain. And by the time I arrived at the destination on May 13th in the afternoon, CDC had issued a new guidance that if you had been vaccinated, you basically can take your mask off, enjoy life. And it was so shocking to me because I never saw it as an either-or proposition. I, I sort of used the analogy, and I often used it when I went on TV, whether it would be for MSNBC or Fox or whatever outlet I was speaking to, that when you go into battle, and it's certainly a bit ironic to talk about battle today as we're dealing with Russia and Ukraine right now, but you go in wearing protective equipment. And I saw masks as protective equipment, and you also had your guns, and I saw the weapons as the vaccine. So you needed both, not either or. And what's so sad for me is that we have so polarized our communities, our roles, our families, our nation, that you can't talk about it. You can't. It becomes an emblem of of freedom, and and I certainly understand Americans and everyone actually wants to have the opportunity to choose what's good for their lives and for their loved ones. And I really do believe most people want the best for themselves and for their loved ones. But to make something so simple as a medical device like a mask become a symbol of hardship and limitation of freedom just didn't quite make sense, but yet trying to understand it. I know that it's often not the most comfortable, especially when it's 100 degrees and 80% humidity, like what you see in Washington, D.C. in our typical summers. Or if you're trying to exercise, or if you're trying to give a speech, or you're trying to communicate with somebody who has hearing deficits or is far away, it can be challenging. But we're in a pandemic. And when you're in a pandemic, you use the tools that are around you. And that includes masks. Fortunately, we were able to make them affordable, but the challenge also came to play in that many of these masks just don't fit everybody. I did some work early on when I created my nonprofit. It's a nonprofit that accelerates gendered innovation. It's called iGiant, stands for Impact of Gender and Sex on Innovation and Novel Technologies. And we accelerate really the translation of research into design elements, which can include products, policies, programs, protocols. And one of the reasons why I created this nonprofit was because we saw issues with PPE even during the Ebola outbreak. Women were getting infected when they were taking on and off their protective equipment because it didn't fit their bodies. You know, it's not just size and shape, it's also body proportion, anthropometry, it's how we move. All of that contributes to how well our PPE works for us. And what we've seen is that many of these face masks and respirators like the N95 respirator or the KN95 respirator, really don't fit women's faces very well. On average, about 90, 95% of men can get a good fit. If you're an average sized European Caucasian male who's clean shaven, if you're a woman, generally only about 85% of women can get a decent fit. And then if you're Asian, for example, it may go down to 60%. So we know that race impacts. And fortunately, CDC and NIOSH are releasing a new challenge competition to design better PPE, and I hope that also includes masks. But the issue is more we have to ensure that people wear them correctly and that they fit and that they're available, but that we don't polarize by politics. And now it seems like we have legal issues surrounding it. Recently, a federal judge in Florida said that the CDC couldn't make that ruling. And now the mass mandates on public transportation, such as planes, trains, buses, even the metros in Washington, D.C. were removed. And it's up to people to make the decision. And again, I do believe in free choice. I do believe we can make decisions that are best for ourselves. But sometimes that's the ticket. We make decisions that are best for ourselves, not for others around us. Now, I have an interesting immune system I was infected several times in my career by all different kinds of parasites and bacteria and viruses, and it's actually altered my immune system. I've developed what's called cytokine storm, for example, when I was exposed to an atypical flu strain. So I know what it's like to fight for every breath. I know what it's like to cough so hard that you basically separate the ribs from your sternum. I know what it's like to be afraid that if you go to sleep, you're not going to wake up because you can't breathe. So during this pandemic, I've been very, very, very cautious. I have done social distancing, sometimes to the point of social isolation, depending on what strain is out there and how transmissible it is. I've gotten my vaccines, people who come and sit on my patio know to keep their distance. And I haven't been on the metro basically for 25 months. So as luck will have it, I am scheduled to be on the metro tomorrow to go down downtown in Washington, D.C. to do some of my um, checkups, my preventive health screens, which I've also delayed because I didn't want to be in public transport and I didn't want to be in facilities where I wasn't sure about my protection. So it's really interesting to now not only be a doctor, but also to be, quote unquote, the patient or the citizen who's going to be riding public transport and people around me may not have their masks on. Now, I've taken two plane rides since the pandemic started to go back home to Colorado. And I have to say, if somebody took their masks off to drink or eat, I was really uncomfortable. And even though I know that air is being circulated and I had my fan above me going and I kept my mask on KN95 and I even double-masked the first time, this makes me a bit nervous to be on a metro, to be in settings where people aren't wearing masks. And I think part of it is because COVID is such a strange virus, SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. It's a very interesting coronavirus in that it can cause disease and people may not even know they have it. They could be shedding virus and not even know that. Uh, I had a friend's funeral recently that I watched virtually, but it turned out to be a super spreader event. People just didn't know they had it. They didn't know they were sick. and so. I really feel that as we are in this time right now and case rates are going up and there's still so much we need to learn and we have breakthrough infections with our vaccines that we need to be cautious. Now, we talk about hospitalizations and as hospitalizations have gone down, we have felt better and certainly the vaccines have done a very good job in doing that for many people. But a couple of things, not everyone responds to vaccine. Not everyone is eligible for a vaccine, especially our young ones under the age of five. We also don't know the duration nor the durability of our immune response to vaccines. You may have gotten it, but you don't really know what your immune response is several months out. And then there's something called long COVID, post-acute COVID syndrome. And that, to me, is going to be the everlasting story from this pandemic. Over 200 symptoms are associated with this, where you've been infected, you may not even know you've been infected, and every single system in your body may be impacted, from your brain to your lungs to your immune system, your GI tract, your muscles, your bones, you name it, kidneys, even your pancreas, we see higher rates of diabetes right now, and it can be very subtle, such as brain fog, or changes in your sleep patterns, or how you feel. And I think that's what's so scary because we don't really have a way to really completely prevent it. We think vaccines may help a bit, but we also don't know how to effectively treat it or cure it or get rid of it. And it could last for days, weeks, months, or potentially years or even a lifetime. And that's what frightens me is that we become a bit cavalier and we just don't know the long-term consequences. So mark my words, mark my words that we will be coming back to these issues surrounding masking again. And my bet is we're probably going to be putting masks back on. Early in the pandemic, in March of 2020, I said to expect three things. One, that the pandemic would be regional, different parts of the country or the world would experience it differently and at different times. Two, rolling that we would never get rid of this virus. There would be peaks and troughs. And three, it would be like a revolving door that as case rates went up, our protective, our public health measures would go up. And as they went down, case rates went down, our protective measures may also decrease a bit as well. We certainly have seen that with opening up of offices and social venues and decreasing our social distancing again. But basic things are true, and that is public health works, hand washing, good ventilation, getting vaccinated, and wearing our masks. And I think now we're faced an interesting inflection point Where do we go from here? We need to live with the virus, and the virus is going to certainly live within us. So let's do what we can to protect ourselves, but also to protect the world around us. Because if one person has it, everyone has it. If there's infection anywhere in the world, there's infection everywhere in the world. So mark my words, we will live with this. And I want to make sure that I have a mask that actually fits me, that's comfortable, and that I wear. Until next time, we are always searching. Thank you so much for listening to Always Searching. Please share it with your community. This podcast was produced by Noah Jones and hosted by me, Dr. Sarah Lynn Mark. Until next time, we're always searching.